Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to episode 100 of the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up in our centenary episode. Quite shockingly, about 16% of your energy bill comes from just devices being on standby. The the savings are big if you've got kind of older devices. You can switch as often as you want. And over the years, I've heard about loads of what I'd call switching ninjas who have really played the game and continually bounce from one account to another to maximise all of these lovely um, switching incentives on offer. And that will give you, you know, around about £180 or so. There are millions of people who are being urged to take advantage of this. HMRC has streamlined the process so you can claim on gov.uk and and get a bit of um, tax relief back on the, the bills that you're paying. We are which? Wildly, this is our 100th episode. And to mark it, we thought what better way than to dedicate the entire show to some of our favourite ways to make or save, you guessed it, £100 or even better, Hundreds. I'm joined remotely by witch experts Gareth Shaw and Adam French, who we'll be hearing from later on. But for now, we've been speaking to another of our podcast regulars, Jenny Ross, to start us off. And the first tip for today, which has to be one of the easiest ways to make £100, is simply switching your bank account. At the moment, First Direct is offering £100 if you switch to its current account, which is actually an offer I've taken advantage of in the past. Now, it does seem almost too good to be true because it is essentially free money, but it's really easy to do. Here's Jenny on how the process works and who's eligible to go for it. Well, speaking as a seasoned current account switcher myself, um, I can vouch for the fact that the process is a hell of a lot less hassle than you might expect. Um, And that is very often the barrier for people switching in the first place. Too much faff. I won't bother. It won't be worth it. But the reality is is really different. Um, Once you've chosen a new home for your money, you just make an application with that new provider. Uh, On the form, you'll be given a chance to say that you want to switch from another account um, and your new provider will take care of all of the admin. Uh, So, you know, transferring things like regular payments, both incoming and outgoing, transferring your current balance, obviously, um, all of your payee de- details that you'd saved um, will will be moved and uh, any payments that are made to your old closed account will automatically be re- redirected to your new one. And I know that that 
is often like a, a big concern for, for people is, oh God, what happens if people pay the wrong account? But even that is is taken care of. It will only take seven working days for this all to be sorted, but it's entirely up to you exactly when the old account is closed. So you, even though the new provider takes care of all of the, the legwork, you really have complete control about when things uh, actually happen. As I mentioned, using this uh, official current account switch service, the seven-day process, that does involve closing your old account. You don't have to do that if you want to open another account with another provider. But if you do choose to keep your old account open, what that means is it's likely you won't qualify for any switching incentives that you wanted to take advantage of. So that is the case with the first direct offer that you mentioned there, Lucia. So um, to qualify for that lovely, shiny £100 bonus, um, you'll need to switch using the current account switching service and pay in a thousand pounds within three months. You'll also need to be a brand new customer. So if you've already switched like you have in the past, I have actually taken advantage of that offer as well. That doesn't count. So brand new customers only. And no matter which switching uh, incentive you want to take advantage of, just make sure you check all of the eligibility criteria because there are often a few little hoops that you need to jump through to take uh, full advantage of what's on offer. While we're talking about incentives, I will just mention another offer on the market at the moment. Incentives like First Directs have been few and far between in the past year because uh, current account providers are focusing on serving existing customers during the pandemic. Um, but another option right now, if you fancy your um, £100 in the form of wine instead of cash, is Virgin Money is offering a 12-bottle case of wine from Virgin Wines, um, which is actually offer, uh, worth a little bit more than £100, I think. Um, but that's available to new customers plus a £50 charity donation uh, to a charity of your choice. And there are a few uh, boxes you'll need to, to tick to, to qualify, including completing your full current account switch. You'll need to set up at least two direct debits coming out of your new Virgin account, uh, register for the mobile banking app, and add at least £1,000 to the linked savings account that comes with the current account. After that, you'll get your lovely Virgin Wines code to redeem. And switching your bank is something you can do again and again. But according to research from the comparison site Finder, only 61% of Brits have switched banks at some point in their lifetime, and only 44% switch at least once every five years. To be quite honest, I personally don't have a great deal of banking loyalty and I've switched a couple of times. But to really max out the incentives, how often can you switch? And typically, are you tied in with your new bank for a certain amount of time? Here's Jenny to tell us more. You can switch as often as you want. And over the years, I've heard about loads of what I'd call switching ninjas who have really played the game and continually bounce from one account to another to maximize all of these lovely um, switching incentives on offer. So yeah, the the, the moral, moral of the story really, and, and a bit of a mantra here at which is that loyalty doesn't pay. Um, you need to be on the ball, scouring the market, whichever market that might be, whether it's current accounts, insurance, broadband, and just finding the provider and the deal that that works best for you. And don't expect your existing provider to, to tick all of those boxes and to keep you on the best possible deal the longer you stay with them. We, you know, We've talked about 
those nice upfront bonuses, but that is not the only potential benefit to switching. And actually, you know, it's not always necessarily the best approach to base your decision entirely on a, on these kind of one-off perks anyway. So when you are um, uh, reviewing your current account, your current account provider, and deciding whether you want to go elsewhere, just think about which account might be the, the best match for you and your circumstances. So if you're overdrawn, focus on finding one that's going to cost you less. If you always stay in credit, look for an account that will pay a bit of interest on your balance because there are um, a few left, which is, which is good, um, that, that, that do pay you a little bit. Also, of course, think about customer service. We run a big survey every year asking uh, current account customers how satisfied they are with their provider. And the results always reveal quite a big gap between the best and worst uh, you can see all of the results at uh, witch.co.uk forward slash bank account to just weigh up which ones you might be more likely to, to get a better service from. Just going back to First Direct, the extra bonus there on top of the switching incentive is that they come out very highly in our um, in our tables. They're actually a, a witch recommended provider for, for current accounts. So you've got a financial incentive on top of a great customer service, which really is win-win. And still within the realms of banking, let's now talk about 0% credit cards because firstly, they can be used in place of loans or finance, but also if you're paying interest on an existing credit card, you can transfer over your credit to avoid paying interest. Now, this is something I once mentioned to a friend for the first time. And honestly, it blew his mind as someone who'd been paying interest on credit cards for years. So if that sounds like you, here's Jenny once again with how you can use 0% credit cards safely to your advantage and the kinds of offers out there at the moment. Choosing your credit card carefully can save you £100 at least um, in in interest payments. So there are there are two types of 0% cards. And I think I'll come on to balance transfers um, in a second. But first off, if you are wanting to spread the cost of a big purchase, don't want to pay all of that up front, 0% spending credit cards are by far your best option. As the name suggests, they don't charge any interest on purchases for a certain period. The longest deals on the market at the moment are around the 20, 21 month mark. So just under two years to pay back what you've borrowed without paying a penny in interest. Even though you're not paying any interest, you still need to make the minimum repayment every month. So the best uh, approach there is to set up a direct debit so you don't have to worry about it. As soon as the 0% period ends, you will start being charged interest at the standard rate, which is right up there around 21, 22% APR. So because of that, aim to clear your balance in full by that point. A neat way to manage this would be to set up a direct debit um, where you're paying uh, you know, a, an even amount each month. So say you've borrowed £1,000 for a sofa and you've got a 10-month 0% deal, um, you could set up a direct debit for £100 every month. By the end of the 10 months, you're all paid off and you haven't paid a penny in interest. On to um, 0% balance transfer deals. They are a great idea if you've already built up credit card debt that you are paying interest on. If that's you, now is the time to shift it to a 0% balance transfer deal um, and make a big saving. There are two things you'll need to to look at when you when you're choosing a card, um, first of all, how long you'll have to repay 
what you owe before you start being charged interest. And based on what's out there in the market at the moment, that that interest-free period could be anything up to 29 months. So uh, HSBC is sitting at the top of the table there. It's offering 29 months interest-free with a 2.75% fee. And actually, that is the other thing that you'll need to bear in mind, as well as the 0% period. It's almost always the case that you'll be charged a percentage of the amount you're transferring as an upfront fee. So yeah, uh, 2.75% in the case of HSBC, but it's also offering £25 cash back if you're moving more than £100. And if you do that in the first 60 days of taking out the card. So that will go some way towards reducing um, the upfront fee that you end up paying. Generally speaking, the the longer the 0% period, the, the higher the fee. Um, so it's not always the best idea to go straight for the longest period if you think you'll be able to pay off your debt in a shorter time. The longest fee-free deal at the moment is offered by Santander at 18 months. One of the golden rules with 0% balance transfer deals in exactly the same way as with 0% spending cards is to make sure you pay at least the minimum payment each month. Because if you don't, if you don't, you could end up uh, forfeiting that 0% deal and being bumped onto the much higher standard interest rate. The other point is beware of spending on a balance transfer card. They are there for you to pay down that debt without paying interest. But unless it also offers a 0% interest-free period on purchases, um, that could that could be really costly. And now for a brief mention on tax, because there are so many ways you can save money on your tax bill that many people just simply aren't aware of. Gareth, what are some of your biggest tips here and how much could they be worth? Well, I think the first thing to make sure is If you're an employee of a company and you get paid through the pay-as-you-earn system, that means you get your net salary paid into your bank account, usually on a monthly basis, but sometimes that can be weekly or fortnightly, and it has all of the tax deducted from it. So your employer is collecting that tax and then giving it to HMRC, as opposed to you having responsibility for saving um, the right amount of tax that you need to pay and paying it through Um, a self-assessment tax return. Now, the critical thing here is to check your tax code. Your tax code will tell you how much uh, tax-free allowance that you have. Um, And this is really important because things can and often do go wrong with your your, your tax code. So, Usually, you will see 125L or 1257L. That will give you an indication that you have your full personal tax-free allowance. That's the amount that you can earn uh, before you pay any tax at all. Now, that could uh, be reduced. It could be a different number, say 1100 or 900L or something like that. This is where HMRC has amended your tax code because it thinks it might you might owe tax from previous years or you're getting a benefit in kind. But sometimes it's wrong. Um, and it's a really easy way of fixing it. You can actually create a, a personal tax account online that will give you all of the information about your income and outgoings. And HMRC often um, makes an estimate of how much income you're going to earn in a year. Now, if it's overestimated that, it might say that you're due to pay more tax than you're currently paying. So we'll amend your uh, tax code. So it's really worth checking. What is my tax code? What does it actually mean? And is it right? Because if it isn't, 
you could have more money going into your account at the end of each month. You might even get a check at the end of the tax year um, to put you back in the position you should have been. And Gareth, are there any more tax related tips that affect a, a broad group of people? Yeah, well, there's one that's really come into prominence during the pandemic, as we've all been almost forced to work from home, which is a, a, a tax relief that um, HMRC gives you uh, to claim against use of things like uh, gas and electricity while you're working from home. Um, it's a flat £6 uh, per week, uh, and that will give you, you know, around about £180 or so uh, in tax relief so that you can, uh, that will get added to your um, your uh, tax code and you'll pay uh, a little less tax, have a little more money in your account. Um, and, and that's a real benefit that I suspect very few people took advantage of. Perhaps they, you know, had a formal arrangement with their work prior to the pandemic. And if they were savvy enough, would have taken advantage of this. Now, there are millions of people who are being urged to take advantage of this. HMRC has streamlined the process so you can claim on gov.uk uh, and and get a bit of um, tax relief back on the, the bills that you're paying. You know, it's a huge amount. It's not a life-changing sum. But it's there for you to take um, should you should you be working from home pretty much full time. And I suspect as lots of companies decide what the future of office work versus homework is, um, this will become a, a kind of mainstay of people's tax affairs in the future. The other thing I would say affects lots and lots of people is something called marriage allowance. Now, this lets you transfer uh, a, a portion of your personal allowance to your husband, your wife, or your civil partner. And, and this can reduce their tax by up to £252 in the current tax year. Um, so in order to qualify for this, uh, the lowest earner must have income below the personal allowance, which is £12,570. That's the, as I was just saying, the amount that you can earn uh tax-free before you pay any income tax. Um, and uh, if you do, um, you can transfer uh, over part of your unused personal allowance um, to your partner, but they have to be a basic rate taxpayer. So they can't earn any more than um, £50,700. Uh, sorry, uh, £50,000. They can't earn any more than £50,270. Um, so if you fall into this bracket, say your income's around £11,000 a year uh, and your partner own, earns under £50,270, he could get a reduction or she could get a reduction in uh, their tax bill by using some of the personal allowance that, yet you're, that you're not using. The working from home tax relief that we just heard about there is a very welcome help towards heating and electricity costs, among other things. But where energy savings are concerned, this only touches the sides. According to which research, switching energy supplier can save around £200 in a year. And there are many other ways to save, as which journalist Sam Morris has been telling us. I've got three tips in total, three things that we can all do um, to save about £100 a year on our energy bills and you don't have to spend any money. So my first tip uh, is to switch off all your appliances from standby. It can save about £35 a year for an average UK household. 
quite shockingly, about 16% of your energy bill comes from just devices being on standby. Um, so they consume quite a lot of electricity when you're not even getting the benefit of using the appliance. The worst culprit for that is your TV by far, especially if you've got an older TV. They use a lot more energy on standby than kind of newer TVs. The, the savings are big if you've got a, a kind of older devices. My second tip would be to uh, turn your thermostat down by one degree. Most households have some sort of heating control, whether that's like a room thermostat, a programmer, or you've got like um, some radiator valves so you can control the kind of the temperature of your radiator. But if you've got a thermostat, if you turn it down by one degree, it means that it's going to turn your boiler on less frequently and it won't run for as long to heat the room because it doesn't have to heat it to a, such a high temperature. And to be honest, most of us aren't going to notice one degree difference in temperature. But doing that could save uh, the average UK household £60 a year and also save about 310 kilograms of uh, carbon emissions. To try and put that 310 kilograms into some sort of context, uh, that is roughly the same amount of carbon dioxide that you emit from doing a 1,500 miles of driving. My final tip, see, it seems, seems obvious, but it is just to switch your lights off. It can save about 15 pounds a year for the average UK household. And it's kind of, it's just like a habit forming thing. If you get used to switching your light off as you leave and enter a room, you won't even have to think about it twice. Even just switching your light bulb off for a few seconds saves more energy than it takes to turn it back on again. So it's, it's one of those things that's worth doing, even if you're just nipping out of the room for a minute. And now from energy bills, tax and banking to what may be one of your biggest monthly outlays after your mortgage or rent, and that's food shopping. But there are loads of ways we can curb our spending. And Adam, you're here to share your top picks. So how much can you save on your supermarket shopping? Ali, cheers, strapping. I've got some fantastic tips here for you. <laughs> Years of uh, living in house shares in London with only one shelf in a fridge and a limited budget every month means supermarket shopping is something I've got pretty nailed down to make sure I'm, I'm saving a few quid. The most important piece of advice I can give anyone when it comes to supermarket shopping is have a list. Don't just go in shooting from the hip, picking up whatever looks good. You're guaranteed to get sucked in by special offers, end up spending way more money than you were planning to originally and best of all don't shop hungry as well so go in with a list make sure you have something to eat before you get there and hopefully you won't end up overspending i went sunday just gone went on a big bike ride in the morning got straight in the car went up to tesco and i spent a fortune up there because i was starving hungry and i didn't have a list and i was just grabbing everything chucking it in the trolley like i was a 10 year old all over again <laughs> so the best thing to do is avoid doing that make sure you've got a list at every time uh, now, the other thing that really stands out is something to get on board with is uh, yellow stickers on food. So that's usually when something only has a day or two left of its use-by date and they drop the price quite dramatically in the supermarket. A really, really good way of saving money, particularly on expensive items like meat, for example, which is often bought down considerably when it's got a yellow sticker on it. So it's something to look out for. I think, you know, it's a bit of a no-brainer that those yellow stickers can be massive, massive savings. 
Um, you can also get an idea for when your local supermarket starts to mark down prices. So I remember Lidl in Finsbury Park, they would be marking down prices right from the beginning of the day. So if you got in there nice and early, you could stock up for the week quite easily. The Tesco near me now, that's about an hour before the end of the day, they start doing those markdowns. So you get an idea for your supermarket, you know when they're dropping those prices, get in there, grab what you need. But importantly, those yellow stickers, they are really cheap. Uh, so only take what you need, because if you're just going to stock up and chuck it all in the freezer, that'll sort of take it away from others who may be able to take advantage of those offers as well. So only take what you need when you're when you're going for that. The other thing to really be aware of is the difference between best before and use by dates. Uh, and it's something that really, really bugs me uh, is that people chuck out perfectly good food because it's a few days beyond the best before date. Now, a best before date just tells you when something is best before. It's not saying you absolutely have to have used it by this date. It's just saying this is the best quality before then. So a bag of crisps, for example, a few weeks after their best before date are absolutely fine. You can eat those very happily. Whereas a use by date is something that's very strict, usually on sort of fresh produce like meat and dairy, for example. And that's basically use it by that date. Otherwise, it's going to be spoiled and potentially could cause you some harm if you do consume it. So Get on top of those best before and use by dates and don't feel like you can't eat something just because it's a few days after the best before as well. You save a lot of money, a lot less waste that way as well. So it's all good for planet Earth. The other thing I'd say is looking at discounts. Um, so you've got um, discount cards with a lot of big supermarkets, uh, things like your Nectar cards, your club card points. They're great. Always remember to use them. Stick those on your key ring. Get the app on your phone. Make sure you're on top of that as well. Getting all the discount points you can. But importantly, those supermarkets are clever. They know how to lure you into potentially buying things you wouldn't have done otherwise. So just use those vouchers against what's on your list. And that way you can make sure you're getting money off things you genuinely want and you're not being a, a marketer's dream and buying a load of stuff you didn't want or need just because you had a bit of a discount on there. And the last one, um, there's a really good app, and there's a former colleague at Witch actually put me onto this. I won't name names, but whenever there was free food in the office, they were up like a shark. They just could smell blood in the water. They were off. They knew when there was free food going, and they used this app, um, Too Good To Go, uh, which is a brilliant app, basically. And at the end of the day, local restaurants, food shops, they'll put up for the food that basically going to go to waste at the end of the day on this app at dramatically reduced prices. You can swoop in, grab yourself a cheap it so at the end of the day to take home, for example. So those are some really good ways to save a few quid on your on your weekly shop. Adam, as you say, the supermarkets are clever. They're brilliant at getting us to spend and buy more perhaps than we intended. I know I certainly fall into that trap. I've recently discovered, I don't know if you've seen these, the Tesco club card offers where you pay a reduced price on certain items if you use a club card at the till. So I've got a club card now for the first time in years and it's definitely brought about some impulse buys. Adam, Gareth, are you bargain hunters when it comes to shopping i i am i i wholeheartedly agree with adam's uh point about uh, making a list i've actually only very recently converted to online shopping and i've found that to be fantastic at remaining disciplined about your mm. weekly shop and ensuring that you buy the stuff that you need i think my my biggest tip my biggest strength as it were when it comes to 
um, shopping and food is I am a prolific batch cooker. I've got two young kids, so I'm, I'm constantly need to feed them. Uh, and the, the way I've made that the most cost effective is by really making good use of my freezer. I've got pasta bakes in there, shepherd's pies, lasagnas, like good hearty food that I know that they'll uh, enjoy. And I do that on mass. It's like, don't talk to daddy on a Sunday because I'm cooking batches and batches of food um, for the future weeks. But it, it really does make a difference, you know, in terms of having to go out, you know, when you when you don't do that. You feel like you're buying, you're going to the shop and spending thirty pounds every night to buy dinner for yourselves and 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 for the kids for the next day. One really good thing I've always done is if you do pick up like a like a big box of chicken, for example, or something like that, get it out of the packaging, put it into little individual portion bags, squeeze it into whatever freezer space you have. That's the best way of because that's usually the most expensive part of your supermarket shop as well. Um, so it's the best way of making that last as long as possible. That's when you're a nice little life hack I picked up a few years ago as a student that's uh, seen me well. That's a great tip, actually, because I've got a really small freezer and I find that I just can't fit anything in it. So taking it out of the packaging and getting them into smaller little bundles would, would definitely help. And on this note, then, of your personal tips, before we wrap up this week, as it's our 100th episode, can you share a final nugget of advice, the best piece of advice, if you like, or one that's up there on personal finance or saving money that you've received over the years? Pay my credit card off in full. That's always a good one. Um, do you know what? One of the best pieces of advice is, was actually from Gareth. Wrote, and there was an interview published from Gareth on our internal website once and he said to take your salary um, put it in one account and move some money across to a prepaid card and use that as your spending money to make be able to budget a bit easier and I actually did take that on board a few years ago and I have to say that has revolutionized my finances a lot more organized and I actually found I could save some money at the end of the month which is um, unheard of um, in previous years so I think that was probably the the biggest change I had that and actually paying off my credit card Oh, Adam, it's so nice to hear I've had a positive impact on your life. Yeah, save me if you could, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Lucia, I'm a furious switcher. I'm angry. I'm an angry switcher. I get angry with companies when they raise prices. So I um, I just think I, it, it's, it's well-worn, but it, it is the best advice that I've ever been given. Set aside an hour of your time to do research when you need to renew something, your car insurance, your home insurance, your, you know, your home media setup, your broadband. I, I always loved battling with um, my uh, TV and broadband bundled provider because the saving you, you would make by negotiating, you know, uh, a, a discount on your package would be immense. We're talking, you know, two, three hundred pounds a year. And when you think of it like that, you're like, wow, that is that's a holiday. That's a really lovely meal out. You know, that's a, uh, a, a big weekend, whatever you want to spend it on. It's a significant amount of money. So, yeah, put in the time, put in the effort, you'll get rewarded. Okay, Lucia, I know you are the uh, anchor for the for the listener, um, but surely you've got some great money saving tips as well. Um, I think mine's quite a fundamental one. It probably would be paying for big ticket items on credit card to get the extra protection of Section 75. And I'm, Adam, this really is your area of expertise, isn't it? So I'll let you speak on it. But listeners might remember that I, w I was supposed to get married last year and it was cancelled. And I've actually had to put in a few 
Section 75 claims uh, for things that, that I couldn't get a refund for. So it's been a bit of a gods, godsend for me. Adam, is there anything you'd, you'd add on Section 75? Yes, Lucia. It is the gold standard. The gold standard of uh, consumer protection, it has to be said. Pay for something big on your credit card, turns your credit card company or something goes wrong. Uh, hugely valuable protection. And I think in the last... 18 months or so, you are unfortunately far from alone in people who have discovered the power of that protection really for the first time and been able to take advantage of it. Um, I'd say moving forward, any big, any, well, basically anything that costs more than £100, less than £30,000, um, pay for it on your credit card. You get this protection of Section 25. It makes your credit card company jointly liable for a breach of contract, which is boring lawyer speak for if it goes wrong and the business won't put it right, then your credit card company has to. And often that will mean you get your cash back. Um, fantastic protection. Really pleased to hear it's helped you out a lot, Lucia, as well. And I'd say anyone really who's looking to splash out on a big ticket purchase in the next little while and has a credit card and can pay it off in full as quickly as possible, just use it. Use it if you can, because that protection is incredibly valuable. And it still works as well if the company goes bust. Um, now, in that kind of situation where you know we're in a bit of a economic tough times it can happen um you know that kind of protection is massive because if a company goes bust you basically that's the only route you'll ever have to get your money back is that credit card protection any other way they don't legally exist anymore so there's very little you can do so absolutely brilliant brilliant shout Thank you for listening to today's show and thank you for sticking with us on our journey to this 100th episode. As always, if you've got a comment or question on anything we've mentioned today, please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or on social media at Which Money. And for more money news and advice, head to witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced by Rob Lilly, edited by Angus Farker, with additional support from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver. <laughs>